experienced in these blackouts, blackout stretches of time that you can't account for. Welcome back, everybody, to another spooky episode of Captain's Log. This is your captain speaking, Jose Valle Jr., joined, as always, by my ghoulish co-host and first officer, Mason Skellington Schrader. Welcome, uh, Schrader. Nope. No? Is that... No, you can't do that to me. Uh, I thought about... Don't I realized say that, that to me. afterwards, uh, because I was like, ooh, yeah. he's got the German last name, maybe... Yeah, don't yeah. say that to me, because... Um, uh, I don't feel good about it. I have yeah. zero, like, German heritage. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I have the heritage. I don't have any, like, ties Connection. to the yeah, country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But don't say that to me because it feels bad. I'm just learning German, so I'm trying to use it as much as I can. Um, anybody- ah. Mason, how have you been since we last spoke? What's, what's, what's oh, new I'm- in your life? What's happening? I've been good. I was in Las Vegas <gasps> for a week or for Whoa. five days, and so that was fun. The city of sin, huh? Yeah. Did you do a lot of sinning? Not really. Ah. I mean, I saw some boobs because you nice. know there's like strippers on, yeah, on yeah. The, the thing, but I was it made me uncomfortable. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always uh, whenever I walk the strip, I'm always like, I'm a horny guy, but this seems like too much, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know, especially because I always go with like a group of guys, and we're all like, yeah, and then we get out there, and we're all like. Oh, excuse, excuse me, me, sorry. No, I'm thank like, you, hey, ma'am. Hey, big boys, you guys want it? And I'm like, no, thank you. No, sorry. And then we get back to the hotel and we're like, dude, dude, you <laughs> all over me, dude. I'm glad you had some time to enjoy yourself, Mason, uh, because today we're taking a look. Um, well, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Mason, as our favorite time of the year comes to a close, yeah. although, again, I am a strong believer of spook Vember and spook Yep. Uh, we wanted to go again. I advocate for the return of ghost stories to Halloween, uh, to Christmas traditions. We used to tell yes. ghost stories. We used to scare children before we gave them gifts. Bring it yes. back. I will bring yes. it back. And um, but I wanted us to go out with a bang for our Halloween episode, uh, which is when this will be releasing. So I decided that this year, for the spookiest day of the year, we would take a trip with our old pals. Ed and Lorraine Warren. I missed them. Yeah, they miss you too, buddy. They were telling me. I've been speaking to their America's, ghosts recently. This is this is America's um, favorite ghost hunting. Did we decide that they're couple. tricksters? Uh, I think we said we like the idea of them. Is okay. what we said. That yeah. sounds right. As we tackle yet another Warren case file in the infamous case of Annabelle the doll. That's right. We're finally taking a stab at this red-headed minx. Today, we'll be taking a look at the origin of the ghastly Raggedy Ann doll, the Warrens' involvement in the case, and the differences between the on-screen portrayal and the real-life story. I can't wait till the end when you tell me that the differences are that one had a ghost and one was just a doll. You can't read ahead, Mason. (laughs) 
<laughs> I didn't. Just a guess. Well, Mason, are you ready yeah. to dive into the story? Then put yeah, on your best Ed Warren outfit and let's begin. My collars, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, they're, they're down, they're past my nipples. Yeah. They deep, could put someone's eye collars. out if I turn too fast. Yeah, deep collars. This just man. every the, bell, the belliest of bottoms. Every fucking picture I've seen of this guy. Again, I love fictional Ed Warren's outfits. Real Ed Warren wore some cool outfits. They just, unfortunately, he, he looks some, like Mr. Potato Head. Yeah, he just had some good outfits, but they just didn't fit him. He needed to wear better fitting clothes for him. You know. Yeah. You gotta mm-hmm. be self you gotta be self aware. Anyway, let's dive in. Yeah. What did you do? I let her out. Who? Annabelle. I'm sorry. What else did you touch? The star of three self-titled films and a slew of cameos across the Conjuring franchise, Annabelle the Doll has become a widely recognized symbol in pop culture. But just how is it that this red-headed demon doll came to gain such notoriety? What is the, quote, true, unquote, story of Annabelle? Well, to answer this question, we have to turn back the clock a bit. Well, actually, quite a bit. About 53 years. That's actually not as far back as I thought for 1970. No. no. it's. I always think 1970 was like forever ago. It was like 100 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to everyone born in 1970 that's listening right now. And they're like, what the fuck? Who's, what 53-year-old we, is listening? I mean. You'd be surprised. Right, good point. I, I should have stopped I right there. I shouldn't even started it. And we have a decent amount in the, uh, that, the higher age range. Also, right. I just wanted to say today, uh, I'm not even going to save it till the end because I'm going to forget Shout out to our fucking UK listeners. Shout out to everybody in Wales and England. And finally, we broke through to Scotland. You guys hey. fucking rock. Right? Oh, there I we can lost. finally <laughs> do my accent. Right, okay. we can finally do this. And then they just uh, clicked out. They, oh, oh, Jose, I can finally do my Scottish accent. I've never been so excited in my life. Oh, and turned Australian. There Sorry. And we gained and Australian. Goodbye, as we and lost goodbye this. to all our Scottish listeners. <laughs> The year was 1970. The Beatles had broken up after the release of Let It Be. Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin both died of overdoses at the age of 27, and the Apollo rest 13 peace. Rest in peace. The Apollo 13 missions oxygen tanks exploded whilst en route to the moon, and the crew safely splashed down in the Pacific after ushering the iconic line, Houston, we've had a problem. And a mother purchased a Raggedy Ann doll from a hobby store for her adult daughter all equally important moments in history mason yeah for sure yeah, yeah. for sure mm-hmm. i have no arguments here and raggedy ann are we going to talk about raggedy ann because i know that it's a thing but i don't know why it's a thing is no, it a, actually, is it a doll because it was a thing or is it <laughs> i just right now i'm like huh, that would have been a cool thing to do that would have been Oh man. <laughs> I fuck. I was literally looking. I was like, why shouldn't Because I normally do, right? I normally give a bit of like a story yeah. context. Yes, normally you do. I've never asked a question like that and been like, he's not. He's just going to be like, no. Wow, damn. <laughs> um, yeah, I really. Because I was like, when I finished the script, I was like, it's missing something. It's, it makes. It's missing that Marcus Parks, like, here's mm-hmm. the historical context, context that he always does. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Okay, so I looked it up. Uh, so Raggedy right. Ann is a character created by American writer Johnny 
Gruel, spelled G-R-U-E-L-L-E, that appeared in a series of books he wrote and illustrated for young children, and then the doll came about. So I guess it was a thing. Okay. uh, First he wrote the books, and then he actually himself uh, patented the doll as well. Intended as a birthday present for her 28-year-old daughter, Donna, who was preparing to graduate from college with a degree in nursing, Donna lived with a fellow nursing student, Angie, in a small apartment. (laughs) Donna found the gift cute and kept it on her bed as a decoration. And that was that. No second thought was given to this innocent, albeit large, about three feet if you stood it up, uh, children's doll. So like a cat-sized doll. Mm, Yeah. Like a toddler like size doll. Of, the size of I, a, a, I like, a toddler. I think I it's like slightly bigger than a cat. I, th- I think our audience understands cat references better than children. Like a large cat. Like a big, big cat. I've got I've got a large cat, though, so yeah, that makes okay. sense. Okay, yeah. It would explain why I thought that. Podcat 2. Uh, Second podcast. Yes. We, the, that doesn't feel right. He needs a better Not one. But I don't have it right now. Within days, strange occurrences were afoot. It started small. Mason. So this is where this is where the story for the, our listeners, just so you guys know, this is where the story starts becoming false. The uh, the end of the true story was when um, is was when he said that uh, she put it as a decoration on her bed, and gave it no second thought. Hey. And that was the end of the story. Hey, Mason, I yeah. want us to be part of the New England uh, paranormal. What is it? New England Society of Paranormal Researchers. So watch what you say about the founding members, Ed and Lorraine Warren. I actually have thought about signing us up. It's five bucks a month, and we get access to, like, exclusive, um, like, old tapes of Ed and Lorraine. And I think that's the only reason it would be worth it because I've tried to find their fucking lectures, and you always have to pay for the lectures. But I'm like, if I paid five bucks a month and we could get all the lectures... Yeah. And that would put us in the middle tier. If we pay 25 a month, we can be, like, gold members, and we can get invited to shit. Um, well, yeah. we could still get invited to shit in the middle one, but like the gold one, you get like video shout outs. And I'm like, I don't care about that. Cause the, cause yeah. Ed and Lorraine are both dead. It would be like their, their son-in-law. I'm like, look, he seems like a cool guy. You know, wanna... you know, there's one leftover recording in an archive somewhere where they're sitting, waiting for something to start. And Ed just, you just, they're like sitting in silence and it's just like, oh, you know what I mean? I just, Ed, Ed Lorraine. And I don't mean this in a derogatory way. 100% just had like IBS. Yes, there was definitely one where, uh, where, <laughs> yeah, like they're just sitting there and just Ed is like, and he's like, oh, <laughs> God, Lorraine. <laughs> oh, God. And she's like, and then like there's a PA walking by and they're like, <laughs> what is that smell? And he's like, uh, it must be I a think, ghost. He's like, I think it Lorraine. Probably a ghost. He's like, when, when a demon appears often, <laughs> we got to get now, out of this place. If you're smelling sulfur, <laughs> that probably means that there's a demon about. Yeah, that's 100% what he would do. He would blame every yeah. fart on sulfur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, anyway, it started small with the doll changing position. For example, it was laid down with its hands at its sides, but would be found with its hands crossed. Then it escalated slowly to the doll moving locations. At first, only within the room. With Donna finding the doll on the ground when she had placed it on her bed, and then the doll began to move about the home. Donna and Angie would come to find Annabelle in different positions and locations within the apartment. In one of the strangest incidents, the roommates came home to find Annabelle standing upright against a chair. 
Now, anybody who has encountered a Raggedy Ann doll knows this is nearly, if not entirely, impossible to do. They have, like, flabby limbs. Yeah, they're raggedy. Yeah, they're raggedy. Those raggedy-ass bitches. <laughs> now, okay, so this doll is called Annabelle, right? Yes. Is Is the character's name Annabelle, or is that just, like, because I know it's Raggedy Ann. Is Ann short for Annabelle, or? Could be, but th- we'll get into where Annabelle the doll got her name. Okay. So the nurses thought the same thing as us. How the fuck did this raggedy bitch stand up? And they moved the doll. After they moved the doll, they tried desperately to recreate the circumstances in which they had found Annabelle, but just couldn't fucking do it. And I, I can imagine how it went, that they're just both like getting stressed the fuck out about it. Like, no, she was... No, maybe if you move the leg, and they're like, I already moved the leg. It's not fucking Yeah, but the up. leg wasn't looking like that when we found it. That would be, yeah, that would be me because I'd be trying so hard to convince myself it was like a normal thing. And that would be both of us because yeah. I'd just be like, Jose, it was just like that. And you'd be like, no, it, it, its legs were at a different angle. I'm like, Jose, buddy, we got it to stand up. Why are you pushing this? If like, you push it, you... Because I wasn't if you. If you keep pushing this, you're just going to make both of us be afraid. Ah. As of right now, we can just be like, yeah, that was what happened, and then just move on with our day. So so Donna began to leave the doll in the living room, rightly feeling scared of sleeping with this creepy and unexplainable toy. But when she would return from being out, she would find the doll back inside her room, on the bed with the door closed. Then the messages arrived. After a month of this strange behavior, the women began to find parchment paper lying about the place. On the paper would be scribbled in children's handwriting messages like, Help us! And, Help Lou! The scariest and most confusing part to Donna and Angie was not the content of the messages, but what they were written on. Neither of them, it seems, kept parchment paper in the home. So where had it come from, Mason? Where did it fucking come from, Mason? Like, was there a local? Other? Was there a local bakery? Uh, no. Damn. Yeah, you thought the baker Jose, was sneaking into I, their apartment. Once again, just like this is just us being like, Jose, there's probably a fucking bakery on the block. I don't know, man. I don't <laughs> stop trying to force this ghost issue. How did? What, what is that? How does? What is that? The baker sneaking into an apartment and writing notes? That doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, sense. yeah, probably. It probably is that. Are you fucking insane? <laughs> this is just a testament to how much denial I can be in. Yeah. So, ni- uh, so, so, okay. So one day, Donna comes home, and she finds Annabelle on her bed, something that she had grown accustomed to. But this time, Donna had an overwhelming sensation that something was off. Something wasn't right. She slowly approached Annabelle, who was face down on her bed, and as she turned her over, her heart sank. The doll had what appeared to be drops of blood on the back of her hands and on her chest. Donna and Angie were done. Completely terrified, the pair decided it was time they seek professional help. Unsure of where to turn to, and because they didn't watch the Conjuring movies yet, they contacted a medium. The medium Mm -hmm. visited the home with the intention of conducting a seance. But when they got there, they were like, ha, you're gonna need a large, and then left. Yes. That yeah. joke returns that you've done every single time I mentioned the word medium. No, no. You're nothing if not consistent, which is what I like. 
<laughs> it's still funny. Fuck you. Throughout this seance, the medium made contact with the spirit of a seven-year-old girl named Annabelle Higgins. It seemed that Annabelle had lived on the land on which the apartment building sat. Annabelle described her life as a happy and joyful one, right up until she was mysteriously murdered and dumped in a field. Which I, this, That's how I would describe my life. Like you're, They're contacting my ghost, and I'd be like, Oh, no, no, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. It was pretty good, yeah. Um, well, there was the the time that, like, a guy broke into my house and he shot me in the head. But, like, other than yeah. that, it was pretty pretty decent. I mean, my dog in my face had to Sorry, could you go back to... Sorry, I'm sorry. Could yeah. you... Let's just reverse that a little bit. You were happy until... So I was really happy. I used to, like, read a lot. Yeah. I used to listen to music. Uh-huh. Uh, there was okay, a guy that, like, yeah, yeah, not that far back. There was Let's a guy fast forward a little bit. who, he actually worked for the police department. I was running a story on the police department and corruption, and it was actually one of the off-duty cops. You're a seven-year-old in. running... I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, it, was, it was, like, the early 1900s. It was a different time. We were much... Seven was the equivalent of 24, you know? That's unequivocally, you know what? All right. I don't think this ghost knows what the fuck they're talking about. (laughs) So the spirit of young Annabelle confided in the women that she felt safe with them, that she wanted to stay with them and be loved. All they had to do was give her permission to inhabit the doll. And look, I don't care how nice of a ghost you are. I'm Uh paying rent. I don't want you here. Get the fuck okay, out. Okay, that's a good point. My first question, also, though, would be like, were they ever like, who's Lou? We'll, we'll get into Lou in a second. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's actually kind of... We'll get into it. Um, okay. So, yeah, I would um, I would be like, if you yeah, want to... if you're going to clean. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, if you're going to contribute, sure. Honestly? Okay. Jose, can you make ghosts sign lease? Leases? I don't see why not. Because if you can make them sign a lease that says, like, you do the dishes, mm-hmm. yeah. Dude, if a ghost popped up right now and they were like, hey, please let me live here. I've kind of got a shady past, but I will clean the apartment in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. And then, But if you sign like, something I'll, that's like, if you I'll start doing roommate. something fucky, I can kick you out. Right. You and, know? like, I would get my roommate to go along with it later on. I'm sure if I told him, hey, we've got a free fucking housekeeper, mm. he would be fine with it. You wouldn't even have to tell. You'd just be like, no, nah, I did them. Yeah, exactly. God. Yeah. Now I kind of want a ghost to show up and offer to clean my apartment. Every day I come into famous, my room and I see the mess. And I go. <sighs> last words, Jose. Yeah. So, um, also, if she wanted to be loved by them, why is she fucking around? Being scary and shit. That doesn't make any sense. Why you got blood? Yeah. Why you got blood on you? Hmm? Yeah. Well, feeling compassion towards the poor spirit... Angie and Donna agreed, and they invited, quote, Annabelle Higgins, unquote, to fully inhabit the Raggedy Ann doll and dwell in their apartment. They would come. They would come. They would soon come. I've to seen re- this. I've seen that version of The Conjuring. <laughs> the Conjuring. <laughs> the Conjuring. They would soon the come. The Conjuring, the devil inside. <laughs> the devil inside me. Yeah. They would... The devil made me come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the sexy nun. Yeah, yeah, the come. <laughs> the come. 
and a butthole. Um, yeah, and a butthole. Uh, <laughs> uh, squirt of La Llorona. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the Conjuring Two. It was just the Conjuring Two. It was just the Conjuring Two. The third oh, really? one was the okay. only one that had a hyphen. Yeah. Ah. Um, anyway, feeling a compassion towards the poor spirit, they let her in. They would soon come to realize the horrible mistake they had made. For this was no ordinary spirit, and this was no ordinary case. And now, like you mentioned, Mason, it's time to talk about Lou. Previously mentioned in the notes left by Annabelle in the parchment paper, Lou was friends with Donna and Angie, or dating one of them, depending on who's telling the story. And he had been around since, or friend-zoned, which is what I... Through my research, I think he was a guy who wanted to bang one of them, and he just got friend-zoned. And now he was, like, around. He had been around since Annabelle came home. Lou had never been a fan of Annabelle and had long insisted to Donna that there was something off about it, that he felt an evil energy permeating from the doll and urged her to get rid of it. But Donna ignored Lou's dumbass pleas because she knew this was the perfect horror movie material. One night, Mm. Lou was staying the night at the nurse's residence, asleep on the couch, he awoke in the middle of the night in a state of confusion and panic. He couldn't seem to move his body. But is this, this before or after the, the medium is came? Af- that is a good question. I okay. presumed it was after. Because okay. that the girl, the Donna didn't want to get rid of it. Because he was like, no, Annabelle's sweet. We've already let her stay here. She's a little seven-year-old girl. Gotcha. And Lou's yeah, like, yeah, okay. hey, man. I don't like that when she first got here, she started saying, help Lou. What's up with that? That would piss me off, too, if you mm-hmm. kept, if, like, you got had a ghost that kept leaving notes about with my name. Yeah. And you were like, it's probably fine. And I'd be like, hey, fucker. Um, probably not. Maybe we don't keep the ghost that's, like, weirdly threatening to me. <laughs> it's just saying Mason wa- should watch his back. I don't... <sighs> yeah. It's looking out for you, if anything. It's definitely okay. not. It's here, a threat. They just left another one. Um, okay. Okay. What's it say? Yeah. Uh huh. Mason should write his will. Okay, so that's a threat. No. Right? I think they're just. That's a threat because he's gonna because the ghost's gonna kill me and I'm gonna need Uh, a will. There's more on the back of it. It's just a a stick figure with a finger across its throat, like a dragon a finger across its throat. Yeah. Like he's Um, gonna slit my throat. Hmm. I think maybe it's like telling you to shave. Like to shave. I think the you neck. should get rid of the. Go- I think you should get rid of the ghost. I look. I want to. I really do. But I just feel so awkward and like I hate confrontation, and it would be like so awkward for me to like tell them to leave. After it just feels I like I'm gonna get my head cut off. Also, how desperate was this guy to fuck one of these women that even with the haunted ghost in this, he was like, I'll sleep on the couch. That's what I'm saying. He for sure was that, like, that's what I'm saying. He for sure was like, if I, I'm gonna pretend to be afraid and then they'll let me sleep in one of their exactly. rooms, and, and it was like, nope. So he wakes up, can't seem to move his body. But this was no case of sleep paralysis, Mason. As he could lift his head and look about the room, it was as if his body was being pinned down by some unseen force. Then he managed to look down at his feet, and terror gripped his heart. At the foot of the couch sat Annabelle. Which, like, again, this whole story to me is very interesting because it's not the porcelain doll like we see in the Conjuring universe, right? Uh-huh, it's yeah. a raggedy and all, which is objectively not as scary. But then I picture this. 
And I yeah. I picture being in a dark fucking living room, like only the a bit of moonlight coming through, being fucking yeah. unable to move, and this soft fucking floppy bitch is at my feet. I yeah. would be like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So after a moment, the doll began to slowly slither up Lou's legs. Moved. I don't like that. <laughs> Ah, that's, well, again, that's because legitimately it, upsetting because it's like to me. a floppy body, so it's like yes. just like kind of like, and it doesn't move. I don't know. I'm not yeah. even imagining it's moving like its arms and legs. No, I'm imagining I think it it's moves just... like when if you were to pick up a doll at the back of the neck and shoulders that's and like move it like that. That's so. God, okay, that's Jose, what I was you did too. it. Congratulations, you Halloweened me. God, it that's moved, scary. It moved up to his chest and stopped. It then began strangling him. Now it's unclear if it like put its hands it's on his tiny neck little because his tiny little hands on his neck. And they're just stubs too, because raggedy handles don't have fingers. They're just like mittens. I like or to if imagine it it, if it wrapped a floppy arm all the way around. I just like to think it stopped on its neck and he felt the sensation of. Yeah, that's kind of what. I, I, that's so much scarier though, because again, mm-hmm. if you're imagining that like it, the, the doll's moving, like it's got a hand on its back and it's yeah. like stops, flops dead on your chest, and then you oh oh that's fucking terrifying, Jose. Lou, God damn. Lou gasped for air and thrashed violently to no avail, and he soon passed out. He awoke the next morning convinced that what he had experienced was no dream. But this was not the end of Annabelle's beef with Lou. <laughs> While preparing Lou, <laughs> stop going there. God damn it, dude. There's other girls, man. There's other girls, man. Look, there, yes. again, as the listeners know, I am what some might call a slightly desperate man. But even me, I would... After I go to a girl's house that I'm trying to get at, and she's like, "I well, you got to stay on the couch. That's already like, oh, man. Uh, but then her fucking doll tries to kill me in my yes. sleep. I am And done. she chooses nope. the doll over you. Because I, look, if you're into it, that's totally fine. But for the fact that you're like, hey, look, I'm really afraid of this doll, and it tried to kill me. And they're like, Lou, <laughs> I... <laughs> It's fine. It's I, like, all right, fair enough. It's not. You don't even have to be mad about it. Just be like, all right, good point. I'm gonna just probably come back. Hang out here a lot less now. Yeah, and that's honestly, fine. that's what I would do. I'd be like, like, okay, like, well then we can be friends, but we're only hanging out not at your apartment. Yeah, you know? and if she's picking a haunted doll over you, she doesn't like you that she much. Doesn't fucking give a fuck about you, buddy. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, it's a bummer. Uh, while preparing for a road trip one night, Andrew and Lou sat at the kitchen table looking over maps. The apartment was frighteningly quiet, which again, I've talked about this a lot. Um, that scares me. The idea of a room being too quiet or like, I just, I watched a video, uh, that was doing the rounds on TikTok forever ago of like this guy who was, um, like riding his bike, uh, into like this, uh, kind of like unmapped area of the forest and he saw something, or he heard like something chasing him, left, and then he came back for a second video. And and as he's riding, he's getting deeper and deeper into the f- woods, and then the sound just stops. Like everything oh, goes God. silence. And he like he like stops yeah. his bike, and he like turns it off. And he's like, "Whoa!" He's like, "All the like, the woods are quiet." He's like, <laughs> "Oh shit!" He's like, "Can you get?" He's like, "I don't know if you can tell, but like." There is no noise. And it was like the cicadas, everything just stopped. 
And he's like, yeah. And then he, he caught something in the distance. I don't know what it is. Um, but again, just the idea of like being in your apartment and yeah. you hear like the hum of the AC or whatever. And then just, yeah, you, you like stop and you're like, wait, what the fuck? And there's no sound. Yeah, that's like no creaking, yeah. no nothing, nothing. Ah, dude, I'm that's scary. The fuck out of there. Yeah. Uh, so, so they're sitting there. The apartment goes frighteningly quiet. And then suddenly, the silence is broken by the sound of violent thrashing coming from Donna's room. And Donna happened to be out that night. So they're not like, oh, Donna's on a bender again, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just Donna fucking. <laughs> it's just Donna doing Donna shit. Concerned that someone was attempting to or had succeeded in breaking into the apartment, the pair got up to investigate. Lou told Angie to stay back as he prepared to step into the room because, again, he knew this was good horror movie material. Yeah. And also because I'm, I'm assuming Angie's the one he was trying to bang, and he's like, stand back, Angie. I've got this. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's like, fuck, fuck. <laughs> yeah, no shit. He waited for the noises in the room to subside and threw d- the door open, flipping on the lights as he stepped inside. But to his shock, the room was empty. And everything was in place except for one red-headed homicidal doll in the corner. Lou paced all over the room, looking for signs of an intruder or an explanation for the noises he and Angie heard, but found nothing. As he stepped towards Annabelle to pick her up, the hairs on the back of his neck stood on end, and something told him someone was behind him. As he slowly straightened up, he whipped around to find absolutely nothing behind him. Suddenly, his chest began to burn intensely. He fell to his uh, knees and... <laughs> oh, my chest. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was quite like that, um, but perhaps. That's one interpretation. He fell to his knees and clutched at his shirt, which was now wet. Uh, cal- <laughs> my shirt, it's wet. It's wet with... Come! Annabelle made me come. <laughs> Now that's scary. Now that's scary. He called Angie over, and the two were terrified when Lou raised his shirt to reveal seven distinct claw marks, three vertical and four horizontal. But as quickly as they appeared, the marks disappeared, completely oh, so vanishing. so weird, no, because they were just, they were claw marks like right flexing. here, right over where my ads were, right where my abs are right here. They were claw marks, right? Feel, I can still feel them, feel them, feel, feel them. Do it fast, because I'm going to pass out. But as quickly as the marks appeared, they disappeared, completely vanishing with no signs of scarring within three days. And this, Mason, is where Ed and Lorraine Warren enter our story. This is the worst thing in here. That job, that is, that has done badly bad harm on a lot of people. That, that's the Annabelle doll. Yeah. I heard there was a doll making people come in here. Ban, 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 and they're like rolling up in like in a black Lincoln, fucking blacked out window, slowly rolls down. Actually, that's not. Ed, Ed looks over with like sunglasses, and he's like. Must be the season of the witch, yeah. Must be the season of the witch. Ed's like kicking the door open, like fucking flapping his collar up. And he's like, what's up? Smacking Lorraine's ass. He's like, you guys called about a ghost? 
Lorraine's yeah. like, Lorraine's like flipping down the sunglasses, and she's like, "Where's this bitch at?" Yeah. 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 She's like flipping her hair. Yeah. yeah. Donna was finally at her wit's end. She contacted an Episcopal priest named Father Hegan. Epis- Episcopal. Episcopal. I never know how to say that. It's a f- Episcopal. Fake anyway. Father Hegan <laughs> <laughs> says the Catholic. Yeah. Father Hegan felt that this matter was much more than he could handle. I just like that they called this guy because they're scared, and he was like, sounds pretty scary, yeah. actually. Uh, I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's fucking terrifying. Absolutely, you shouldn't call a priest. Yeah, you should call someone. They're like, well, we called you. He's like, oh, no, 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 I'm not doing that. No, 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 no. Why? Is it like, do you not know how? No, I just, that sounds scary as fuck. I don't want to do that. No, no I don't no, know no. how. I'm a, I'm a priest in 1970. I mostly just marry people and do funerals. The exorcist hasn't come out yet. We haven't been trained. <laughs> have you not seen that movie there's only like one of us who knows how to actually do that stuff it's not like all of us can so father Hegan felt that this matter was much more than he could handle so he reached out to a higher authority within his church and was connected with father cook who in turn reached out to the most qualified experts he knew the warrants mm. yeah i uh concur with uh, father Hagen. shit is spooky <laughs> so he's like i'm not doing that no, no. will <laughs> No. Don't worry, we've got these weird guys that aren't technically members of the church, but we, like, hire them? I don't fully understand it's like, it. It's like the two of them, the two fathers, like, talking, and they're like, well, I don't I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. And then just from behind them, in the shadows, like a single, you just see a cigarette. I hear you got ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> huh? And he's just like, Ed slowly steps burn out Burn through the witches and dig <laughs> through the ditches and burn in the back of my Yeah. I don't know what my yeah. favorite war... I should have done the score for the Conjuring yes. movies because Dracula, okay. Season of the Witch, and Inter Sandman would have been very popular. Mm-hmm. Witchy Woman yeah. 2 would have been a good one. Oh, yeah. You know, like the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, get, I like... Again, I love the Conjuring Universe Warrens, but I think... My favorite versions of the Warrens have to be the Captain's Log Universe Warrens because they're fucking rock stars. Yeah. And I love yeah. them. Yeah, they're great. After learning the case, uh, after learning the details of the case, Anna Lorraine were hooked and reached out to the women who set up a visit. Also, I just wanted to say this because we've talked about the Warrens before, about um, the uh, eth- ethicalness of their helping out in cases or whatever. Um, I didn't know this until this case. A disclaimer for everyone. The Warrens never charged to go investigate things. They only asked to uh, for travel expenses to be covered, uh, but they never charged for, like, going and investigating the house. They always did it okay. for, essentially for free, unless, you know, you had, you had to play, pay for their plane ticket or whatever. Um, they right. made their money from, like, writing books, doing the lecture circuit, stuff like okay. that. I'll tell you what. So I'm not. I'm, that doesn't. That doesn't. That doesn't uh, remove them from being like scams. No, 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 no. A scam got people, but I'm more comfortable with Again, it. Again, there's still the argument about like, well, they took advantage of, of people and then wrote stories about it. Sure, but just at least they didn't go like, oh, you're terrified. Yeah, for like three grand, we'll come help you out. Yeah, for ten thousand dollars, I can get that ghost out of here. Yeah. So, um. After visiting the home and hearing the accounts of all three people about Annabelle, the Warrens concluded that the doll was not in fact possessed by the spirit of a young girl, but rather being manipulated or puppeted by an inhuman spirit. Something 
that had never walked the earth in human form. Something demonic. Ed explained to the trio that this entity was not possessing the doll, but rather using it as a conduit. As demonic entities don't possess objects or homes, they possess people. And that was the ultimate goal of this demon, to possess one of the three. The trio were dealing with a demonic infestation, and the only way to stop the infestation was to perform an exorcism on the home and the doll. Ed believed that that had the experiences lasted a couple of more weeks, the demon would have moved on from infestation to possession, and it would have harmed or possibly killed all three of the friends. He's like, you're fucking lucky you called us at the right time, because... You waited a little bit more, you guys would have been toast. And he's like Actually, ashing his uh, cigarette on their yeah. carpet, and they're like, um, Mr. Warren? What's up, Sugar Jits? <laughs> yeah, so what's, uh, I'm talking, sweetie. So, you're actually pretty lucky, so this is actually a pretty uh, early stage uh, catch, so we can, uh, you know, zip, zap, zoop, and get this fucking demon out of here, no problem. Uh, it's, it should be, should be no problem, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, also, Luke, I agree. Luke, yeah, Luke, can I talk to you for a second over here? Uh, yeah, Mr. Warren. Yeah, what's Buddy, up, sir? Why are, you, why are you here? Uh, ah, gee, uh, well, I'm just, You don't just, live uh, here. You date No, you gee. Uh, <laughs> get the fuck, get the fuck no, out of here. I just, you know, I, yeah, I uh, wish. Sad. Get out of here. What are you doing here? There's a demon. There's a ghost. But they're my friends, Mr. Warren. Yeah, but like, are they? I mean, they did choose the doll over me when it yeah. strangled me, and right, and I it cut you. Did cut me. Yeah. I told Angie multiple times that. Has I really it cut like them? Her. No, no, no. Right. Uh, one Has time it Angie had them? me. No, one time Angie did make me pick her up after she got railed by this uh, dude from uh, our science class. Uh, that actually was the same night that Annabelle choked me out. Uh. Yeah, what the fuck am I doing here, Mr. Warren? Yeah, get the fuck get out the of fuck here, man. Jesus out. Christ. Jesus, yeah. Jesus, right, right. Well, okay, well, hey, hey, hey. No, no. Sorry. Too far. Oh, God oh, damn it. Oh. Every time with you fucking nerds, oh. you can't just respect that a woman doesn't want to fuck you. You just, you either have to fuck them or you're mad at them. For, they just don't want to fuck. It's fine. Oh. It's fine. You just don't, you just don't have sexual compatibility. Go find someone you do have it with. It's, don't hate them. They didn't do anything wrong. Well, hey, uh, you fucking incel. What's up with that Lorraine chick? She's kind of been eyeing me since she came in. What's her deal? <laughs> Buddy, you're not ready for that ride. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Some women will make you see God. That woman makes me see ghosts. <laughs> so the Warrens called in Father... Get out of here. I flicked, I fl- he flicked a cigarette <laughs> right into his forehead. Him. Get out of here. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> God, we got to do like a short... Of, of yeah, we'll call true. them different names, but yeah. Mm-hmm. The Warrens called in Father Cook to perform the exorcism and cleanse the apartment. Ed would describe the ep- episcopal episcopal blessing in a later interview, saying, uh, "The episcopal blessing of the home is a wordy seven-page document that is distinctly positive in nature." Uh, rather than specifically expelling evil entities from the dwelling, the emphasis instead is directed towards filling the home with the power of the positive and, uh, you know, God. At the request of Donna... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he has to end everything with a laugh. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, imagine if, if in the movies, uh, Patrick Wilson does his like his big speeches or whatever, and then at the end of it, he's like, <laughs> 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 they're like, what? <laughs> Wait, did you mean it or not? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, no. I'll always be in love with you. <laughs> it, it is fun. Yeah, yeah. At the request of Donna, and to further prevent the phenomena occurring within the walls of the apartment, Ed and Lorraine took in Annabelle. As they prepared for their journey home, Ed placed the doll in the back seat of the car and decided against taking the interstate on the off chance Annabelle would cause any more disturbances. Sweetie, you think I should put the uh, seatbelt on the doll, or do you... Would that restrain the doll from attacking us, or would that... Uh. Would that allow the doll... To, would that piss the doll off? Well, I seat think it would no appreciate the safety. Well, but what if, would a car crash with the doll in the car kill the doll? Because if we wore our seatbelts and... <laughs> and and it didn't wear its, and we did crash. Would it die, or would I be saving its life if I put? What's the ethics of saving a demon's life? Jesus Christ! Ed, yeah. I just want to get home so you can eat my pussy. I I, I really don't care. It's been a long. Day. I'm already in the driver's seat. <laughs> Let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, he I just do said, love our version. Their our version is by far the best. They're fucking sick. Yeah. Lorraine, Ed's like, wow, what a long day. And Lorraine's like, when we get home, I'll let you go down on me. And Ed's just like, beep, beep. All right, let's go. <laughs> he like, she turns and he's already in the car. And he's like, okay. God damn it, Lorraine. I love you. As they prepared for their journey home, uh, they actually did buckle it up, by the way. Uh, from all accounts, they <laughs> oh, did buckle it up. I love that you have yeah. that. That's awesome. Um, so Seatbelt on? I'll put seatbelt on. He's like, now, Annabelle, I know you're trying to kill us back there, but I'm not an asshole. So, uh, safety, safety first. Safety first. <laughs> and uh, so it seems that his suspicions were correct, but the couple was not safe on the back roads either. Multiple times throughout the journey, the Warrens found their brakes and power steering failing and coming within inches of fatal collisions. Finally, Ed reached into the back and produced holy water from his bag. He doused Annabelle <laughs> with it, and the disturbances stopped. He's just like, fucking shit. Like, God Digging through a bag and just like like throwing Dude. like crucifixes and shit out of it. Dude, I don't know if you've ever done that, but that is the most frustrating <laughs> shit in the world where you're like, yes. fuck, damn it. I can, like falls I under can the get, seat. And you're like, I'll tell you what, my goddamn hand is on it, but I can't, I get, but I pull it and it's stuck and I just, and then I try to move the thing it's stuck on it, but then I lose it. God damn it. So after he doused the doll, the disturbances stopped and the couple was able to safely return home. But this was not the end of their torment at the hands of Annabelle. After they arrived home, the couple sat Annabelle down on a chair in Ed's study. The doll levitated a number of times in those early days, moving about the home before falling inert. So they would basically, like, you know, be doing shit, and then they would turn, and it would be, like, floating, and then just, like, pop down. Mm. Hey. And they were like, what the fuck? Yeah, I just assume they treated it like when I find the cats on the counter. Yeah. Just get, hey, hey. Knock it off. Get off Knock it off. Annabelle like, gets up again and goes back to the, to the <laughs> office. It falls in and it just like, yeah. like, like hops back. In uh, one instance. Scary. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, again, it's a It is, it's terrifying. Doll, but, like, I can just imagine, <laughs> yeah. like, putting, like, being, you know, like, loading up the dishwasher or whatever, and then I get up and the doll is just floating in front of me. I'd yeah. Be like, yeah. 
So, in one instance, the Warrens were out of town for the weekend, and they actually left Annabelle locked in an outer building. When they returned from their trip, they found her sitting upstairs in Ed's easy chair. And that's my like, chair. That's my chair. <laughs> hey, look, I know you're new around here, Annabelle, but uh, nobody sits in Papa's I chair. Do. Ooh, like I, I, I like the way that they're treating this doll as if it is some sort of foster child. Yeah, they really You know are. what I mean? Or they're just like, hey, come here. Look, it's not your fault, but when we put you in a room, we need you to stay there because this is a dangerous house and you could get hurt. I, I know. I know. Look, I know. You had a tough life. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> You're a good kid. What are you, a demon? I don't know. I forgot. I'm shit-faced. <laughs> Uh, Alright, get out of my chair. <laughs> Alright, I get the fuck out of here. So yeah, around this time, Annabelle began to show the extent of her powers. After visiting the home, Father Jason Bradford, a Catholic priest, picked up the doll off the couch and remarked, You're just a rag doll, Annabelle. You can't hurt anyone. He then tossed the doll back on the couch. And again, this is after Ed had fucking explained the whole story to him. And been like, yeah, man, she almost killed us on the way home. She keeps moving around the house. And this guy's like, fucking stupid doll. Like, fucking chucks it. And Ed's... Hey, hey, hey. Man, come on. What did I tell you? Don't fuck with the doll. <laughs> fucking stupid thing. What's it going to do to me, man? <coughs> oh, oh, Ed. Don't... don't <laughs> it's fine. Don't fuck, don't fuck with the doll, though. Seriously, it's very scary. It's a very oh, scary doll. Yeah, Stop fucking with yeah. the doll. Oh, boop, 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 boop. So Ed scolded him and warned him against speaking like that towards the doll. The priest laughed it off, but Lorraine told him to be careful. Oh, oh is it? And he's like taking, doing the jerk off with yeah. like the doll's hand, like oh, 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 oh it's so scary. Ooh, and Ed's ooh. just looking at him, and he's like, "Hey, man, you're a fucking priest. What are you doing?" He's like, "Oh shit, yeah, you're right." Well, actually, this is what. Never mind. <laughs> so Lorraine told him to be careful on the roads as she sensed danger surrounding him. But he still set off on his shiny new car without a worry in mind. I also that like to imagine people he was just paid for, by the way. Let's everybody remember that. Catholic yeah. priests get everything paid for by their parishers. I like to imagine he was just really drunk. Yeah. And she was like, you're covered in danger. And she's like, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> where are my keys? I'm not covered. Where are my keys? Where are my, where are my... Yeah, Ed, fuck, I'm not fucking saying here, man. You're fucking dog creepy. Where are my fucking keys, dude? Like, where are my Lorraine was keys, like, bro? was like, I don't think you should. And, and Ed's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If he dies, though, this is going to be really good for the book. <laughs> yeah. You have danger around you. He's like, babe, babe. Shh, it's cool. It's cool. Just, just don't say anything. A few hours later, yeah, Lorraine. Re- dies, do you know how good this book will be? A few hours later, Lorraine received a call from the young priest. He had been involved in a collision after his brakes failed as he entered a busy intersection. His new car was completely totaled. This was the last straw for Ed, and he commissioned a special case to be built for the doll to house her in their occult museum. The wooden box with a glass door was inscribed with the Lord's Prayer and St. Michael's Prayer. The glass door is decorated with two things a tarot card of the devil, and a handwritten sign, presumably done by Ed, that reads, Warning! Positively, do not open. <laughs> but it seems that despite her being trapped in a locked box, Annabelle can still influence the outside world somewhat. One day, a young motorcyclist and his girlfriend came into the museum. 
and the young man, after hearing Ed's story about the doll, scoffed and defiantly went up to the case and tapped on the glass, saying that if she could scratch people, she should scratch him. Ed told the young man he needed to leave, and the couple did. As a couple rode home, right. they were... Okay. <laughs> okay. Get, get the... Hey, get the fuck out of here. That's my fucking daughter. Don't talk to her that way. <laughs> hey, I, know, me. I know, I know, sweetie. <laughs> As a couple rode home, they were laughing and joking about the doll as they lost control of the motorcycle and crashed headfirst yeah. into a tree. And famously, for everybody knows, the most, the easiest thing to do while riding two people to a motorcycle is to laugh and joke. Yeah. It's very easy and a very simple matter to be like, <laughs> oh, it's so funny, while you're riding a motorcycle. It's yeah. very loud. The young man was killed instantly, and his girlfriend was taken to intensive care where she would recover after months of therapy. And thus ends the tale of what Ed Warren believed to be the most evil piece of his macabre collection of cursed and haunted artifacts. To this day, Annabelle is kept under lock and key under the supervision of Ed and Lorraine Warren's son-in-law, Tony Spira, who Ed saw as his demonologist protege. Tony hey. also believes... Don't ever open this case. <laughs> Don't. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna it, I'm laughing... I'm laughing, but seriously, it's really fucking dangerous in there. Don't, <laughs> don't open it. <laughs> well, <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I get myself so good with that. Uh. Tony also believes that Annabelle is the most evil part of the museum and warns that we should too. He echoes the words of his mentor, Do not challenge evil, for no man is more powerful than Satan. I'm not going to do the laugh now. But we did actually... And this is a Captain's Dog exclusive. After extensive research, Mason, I really uh -huh. believe that I know the identity of this demon. Yeah. And I'm going to play a clip. This is never before heard, okay? I signed up for the okay. thing. I was in contact with Tony Spear. I was, he was able to convince him to give me this. This is from okay. the exorcism of Annabelle the doll. <clears throat> okay. And it's Ed, Ed just uh, is going to speak at first. He's going to introduce... Uh, the doll and uh, ask it to name itself and then we'll hear okay. the, the, uh, the demon. So okay. I'm going to hit play now. If you're uh, if you're in there, could you uh, could you speak, say something to me? What's your name? <laughs> Little Caesars. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. That's my favorite fucking pizza place. I love Little Caesars. Get me Little Caesars. Alright. Hey, Lorraine, can we order Little Caesars? <laughs> I like you. I like you, little demon. <laughs> That's the end of the clip. Uh, turns out Annabelle is fucking possessed by the Little Caesars demon. Isn't that fucking crazy? That I, you know, that is that is fucking crazy, Jose. <laughs> I I mean, I forgot entirely about Little Caesar's demon. He was did. so heavily influenced, and now he only comes around on Halloween. I feels like I think so, Jose. I think if we do a séance, we could probably get the Little Caesar's ghost to oh, appear on on when, make another. When we do our hundredth episode, which will be at the Velasquez okay. Murder House, I uh -huh. fully. We're going to do it. We're going to summon the Little Caesars team. Okay. Sounds yeah. good. Okay. Yeah, that's a yeah. good idea. Okay, Mason. Well, let's clarify some aspects of this story, shall we? 
Yeah, okay. I'm glad because now I don't have to go to bed afraid. You still Which might. Which is nice. You still might. Okay. Um, so over their career, the Warrens, because your door closed and that was crazy. You think my it's cat your cat, knows, but is that my a, cat he- knows, is it a heavy door? No, okay. and I've got a video of him closing it before. He okay. knows how. He's he's learned how to close the door. Well, it seems that Podcat and Poddog both love to wait until the moment we're both heightened in our fear to do some shit like that. Yeah. Over their career, the Warrens recounted these stories over and over to all who would hear them. But unfortunately, none of these stories can be corroborated. The names wow. of the motorcyclist and his girlfriend were never divulged, nor did Donna and Angie, Annabelle's first alleged victims, ever come forward with their story. Oh my god, they didn't? I thought that no. we at least had that. We do have this, though. It seems okay. that neither Father Hegan nor Father Cook ever mentioned the exorcism of Annabelle again, but they did at one point say that they had performed the exorcism. They just never brought it up again, which you can do with that information what you'd like. It seems that all we have to back up this story is the accounts of Ed and Lorraine Warren. So I'll leave you all with these two questions. What do we think of this story? Maybe three. What do we think of this story? Do we trust the word of Ed and Lorraine and their fear of this doll? Because again, till his death, Ed insisted that this was the most evil and vile thing he had ever encountered. Yeah, but it depends on what Ed you ask. Because hmm. ask me. Ed, what do you think of Annabelle? Oh, uh, oh, the doll, right. <laughs> it's uh, the most evil. <laughs> it is the most evil thing we've ever seen. <laughs> Uh, so so spooky, so scary. <laughs> I couldn't, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't recommend dealing with that demon. <laughs> all right, all right, get, uh, get out of here. <laughs> get, go buy me a pack of smokes. <laughs> <coughs> Jesus Christ. I'm fine. Or do we think this is nothing more than hooey? You're hooey. Fuck you, pal. <laughs> hey, fuck you're, you. You're, fuck you. I like this ad. That, like, during the lectures, someone's like, well, this is bullshit. And he's like, what the fuck did you say? Like, stands up. Lorraine's like, oh, okay. Ed, sit yeah. down. He's like, yeah. He's like, nope. I think it's bullshit, nope. huh? It's like slowly undoing his here. tie. Get the fuck up here, uh, then, Mr. huh, Warren, pussy? Uh, no, Mr. Warren, please. Uh, uh, please I'll tell you please. what. Yeah, fuck you. I'll fuck you I'll up, tell man. you what. <laughs> you uh, kick my ass. You give this lecture on how ghosts aren't real, huh? Guy gets up there and Ed just, wow. <laughs> right in the throat. That's right, bitch. <laughs> That's right. And he's like pointing at the fucking audience. They're all like, oh. you know, you know why I'm the premier expert in ghosts? Because I kicked every other ghost expert's ass. Turns around, punches the moderator. <laughs> it seems, Mason, though, that only the devil knows the truth. What do you think? I'm intrigued. I, yeah, it's kind of sounds like there was maybe something kind of spooky with the doll. I think maybe something happened. Yeah, maybe I they they uh, exaggerated aspects of it. The thing is, this is different. This is different than the previous ones we've covered because the previous ones we have physical, we have names, we have locations, we have other people in the case involved who back up what the claims of the Warrens made. But with Annabelle the doll, yeah. it's strictly only from the Warrens. There's no other but corroborating also, sources. Even with the cor- corroborating sources on the other ones, it still kind of seems like it's made up. So. But, like, for instance, Enfield, which is the last one that we covered, 
They were yeah. there for like two days, a day or two, right, or whatever. Yeah. And the rest mm-hmm. of the story that they told was backed up by other people who told the same story, uh, right. with no relation to them or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Or like yeah. the parent haunting, right? Like the Conjuring, the one that the Conjuring is based on. They mm-hmm. told their story. The family also corroborated it and told their story. Yeah. Um, right. You know, they might be different or whatever, but at least we know that like other people were there to be like, yeah, this happened. Maybe they right. played it up, but this still happened. But right. this one, it's strictly from Ed and Lorraine. Again, I I like the idea of them. Yeah. I know that the thing that I've encountered in my research into Ed and Lorraine is that a lot of a lot of people online will be like, all their claims have been thoroughly debunked. I don't know that they've been thoroughly debunked. I know that a lot of people within the skeptical field have written them off. Mm-hmm. But, you know, skeptics are going to be skeptics. Again, to me, there's moments where I think that they have maybe taken advantage of people's stories or blatantly. I mean, we talked about, what was it, Amityville? Where, like, the yeah. the author was like, no, they just straight up told me to make to sell a story or whatever. Right. So, but I'm, at the same time, again, we've said this a million times, I think they thought they were doing right. Yeah, I think that the truth, like, always lies in somewhere in the very gray middle. Yes. Where... I think that they genuinely wanted to be- think that, to believe in ghosts, and they genuinely wanted to help people. But I also think, like every other person, they were just like, "Oh, we can make a bunch of money by doing yeah. this." You yeah. know what I mean? And but I'm yeah, not like, even saying it's that's wrong. I, no. I mean, it's not great, but it's if it, it's the it's like we did the haunted uh, tourist traps. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, I don't inherently think they're wrong unless they're spouting it as, like, maybe they're doing, I don't know. It's not great. Admittedly, uh, it's not a great, but I don't think I they're. Think with this, the Annabelle the dog case, I think their fear of it makes me believe that something was up with it. Um, yeah. I think it's a good story, regardless of whether it's real or not. It's spooky. I would agree with it's that. It's got spooky yeah. aspects. Yeah. I think for me to truly know whether or not this doll is what Ed claimed it was, I'd have to see it in person because it's mm. different. When I see the pictures of it, I don't get the sense of that fear. Right. Yeah. But I think if I saw it in person in that moment, I would know. Look, because I'm an empath. So, yeah. Uh, well, but also, I mean, that's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy of like, I feel like you're gonna feel scared if you see that doll because of all the myths that have yeah. been built up around it. No matter what, yeah. arguably, I think the 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 Warren cases are the maybe the best examples of what uh, of tulpas. Yes, yes. Of where I don't know if they were super real to begin with, but just through collective and unconscious thought, we've kind of created them to Possible. be something more than they are. Possible. I um, or were. Let's wrap this show up, Mason. If you like the show, make sure to leave us a five-star review, which you can do in-app on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love it if you left us a review. You can support the show by going to patreon.com backslash captainslogcast and donate a dollar. Anything helps keep the lights on. You can also go over to TeePublic and shop our merch. Just click the link in our show notes. Remember, if you donate slash support, it all goes towards improving the show. And Skeleton Dan has something he would like to say. That's that's Leo. That's Leo. He's a very vocal cat, isn't he? Hey, Leo, buddy. What do you think of Annabelle hey, the dog? You want? 
Well, now he's shy. Leo, hey, did you want to say? Tell the people. Okay, he's done. Wow. Hey, that was controversial. Remember, if you donate slash support, it all goes towards improving the show and perhaps allowing us to do this full-time. Mason, where can our fine listeners find you? You can find me on Instagram at MasonSHR and see all my art and, and my, my pictures and, and you can like them and follow me and, and tell me I'm good at it. And that'd make me feel better. Yes. Everyone else can find me. Not everyone else. What? Well, everyone... Only the people who don't follow. You only get to follow one of us. Yeah, you have to choose. Well, everyone... Uh, oh, my God. Well, everyone... You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at j.vaya underscore junior and the show on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at Captain's Log Pod. You can also subscribe on YouTube to the show's official YouTube channel, Captain's Log. If you can't get enough of me, you can also listen to my other podcast with friend of the log, Max Benyon, called Max and Jose Have Something to Say, which is back for season three. Make sure to tell your friends and family about the show if you enjoy it. And if you'd like to share your opinion on this case or have some insight, uh, to share with us, please do by writing in to captainslogcast at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on any of our social medias. You can also suggest episode topics, guests you'd like to have back, etc. Make sure to subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play and any other podcast directory. Thanks to Carlos Rivera for composing our show's theme. With that, everybody, we have reached the end of our show. We will see you soon for another episode. I've been your captain, Jose Valle Jr., joined by... Mason, the ghost of Thanksgiving future, Schrader. And this has been Captain's Log. End of transmission. This has also been a glimpse of what your life could be if you follow an evil path. Beep boop.